Welcome to Niners Coast to Coast. Grant Cohn, Jason Aponte, your hosts. Uh, news starting to pick up both with the Niners and the NFL at large. And we're going to talk about some of the big NFL topics as well because I figure Niner fans are interested, especially since one of the big news uh, today is out of the NFC West. We'll get there. Let's start with the Niners, though. Last night, Tom Pelissero, I think it was, says nothing Im imminent between the Niners and Debo. How do you read that? Well, I have to say this. I don't know how Tom Palacero became the person who knows everything about Debo, but he does. And I, yeah. I don't know why Debo in his camp has continuously flown all, like flowed all his all their news through him. The trade mm -hmm. request came through him. The all of the, everything that was was pretty big. He seems to be the one who knows. So, how do I read this? It might be possible that nothing's imminent at this point. What I feel is if it's not done before training camp, they'll invite him to training camp, but they'll have him work off on the side again just so he does. He avoids the fines, and then they'll work it out, and they'll get the deal done. I still am of the mind that they will get this done. But it's kind of interesting how Tom Pelissero is the mouthpiece for Debo's camp because he's the one breaking every single thing, basically, that is actually true, not speculation. It seems to me that Debo really, really wants to be – paid like he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. And I respect that. He's a competitor, and he just had a great year. It seems like the Niners aren't comfortable with that. And it's like, is one side going to blink, or are they going to – is Debo – like, is Debo going to bet on himself here? It seems like the Niners – you want to offer him something that's not a slap in the face, but maybe not everything he wants because you have questions about maybe his offseason practices or his history of lower leg injuries. I mean, there are – or his hands. I mean, there are questions. And then Debo, he could say – why, why lock myself into this lower rate when I can have one more good year and break the bank? Uh, which side's going to blink here, you think? I, I think the 49ers ultimately cave um, to Debo Samuel. I think that he's going to have to meet them a little bit more, like lower his annual, his his average annual value of, for, of, the, of it. But he'll load it with incentives that he can hit, things that are very possible for him that will help him get to, to that point. I think it's fine for the 49ers to be concerned about last year being his first real full healthy year. You know, in 2019, he wasn't necessarily injured as much. It just took him a little while to get things going. I think people confuse that with being injured. Sure, he was nicked up here and there. 2020, you just write off. Last year, he was largely healthy and he played through almost everything as well, too, especially down the stretch. So um, it's fine for the 49ers to have concerns. But ultimately, I think that they'll find their way in, into the middle and get this done somehow. And uh, I think they'll invite him to camp. Say, hey, listen, work off on the side. We're not going to, you know, involve you too much, put any stress on you. I know you're worried about that. Just stay here with us, work in good faith, and we'll keep this thing going. If I were the 49ers, I'd be very cautious with Debo Samuel because I, I do have questions as well. And if he wants to sign an incentive-laden contract, great. But it seems like what superstars in the NFL want these days is guaranteed money. And for good reason. Look what Deshaun Watson got. So if that's what Debo Samuel wants, I don't think he's going to get a lot of it from the 49ers this offseason. If he wants like, a, I mean, a lot, that's relative. I don't think he's going to get necessarily the top of the market. He could if he waited a year. Maybe he could. He could. But I think that there's a way for him to get a bunch of money guaranteed with. And, and it doesn't have to when you when people hear incentive laden, they believe that it's all incentives. And I don't think that that's the case. I would think that he gets a bunch of guaranteed money a lot. It'll put him in that range, just not at the top. And then he'll have some incentives that are easily triggered, right? Like 65 catches or a, a snap count number, or does he make the pro bowl? Is, if he makes the all pro again, things like, well, I don't know if all pro is easy to attain, but I think that when we see Debo Samuel at his best, he's one of those guys. So I don't blame him by the way, for wanting every single guaranteed dollar that he can get this league. See, this is the thing is so many people that have pushed back about, you know, I, I remember somebody on Twitter saying, 
well, why do you need 26 million as opposed to 20 million? Well, dude, you could almost die playing this this game, right? Like, and you're at the top of this game. You get every single dollar you can because when you're injured and the team has no more use for you, guess what they do? They cut you and they move on. So again, why do a team a favor when they would do you no favor when they have no more use for you going forward? What I'm interested in with Debo is how they use him when he comes back. Because last year, I mean, his usage really evolved throughout the entire year. He started off the year getting like 10, 11 targets a game. And they didn't, I mean, it didn't work. They weren't winning. He was dropping passes. They found a better balance with him sort of halftime running back, halftime wide receiver. But then by the play, by the playoffs, his split was 27 carries, 10 catches in three games. 10 catches in three games is not enough. In the playoffs for an all-pro wide receiver, I mean, I understand why they gave him those carries, but they can't keep doing that. So I'm really curious to see what the new plan is for Debo Samuel. Right. They can't keep doing that, and Debo doesn't want to do that. Playing it's wide receiver, doesn't, it yeah. doesn't put you in harm's way in that way. And look, we can talk about, hey, they needed the explosion because Raheem Mostert wasn't there. They did. We could also put our tinfoil hat on and say – he was on his way to some record-breaking numbers and said, and they were like, eh, let's slow this down a little bit. Let's see, you know, so I think it was a little bit out of necessity, a little bit the 49ers being crafty because they knew that that was about to come down the line. That's a good point. Um, Juice Man Jeremy also makes a really good point. He says it's July 21st and Jimmy Garoppolo is still Is that around. breaking news? It's breaking news. Do you have, can you source that? Can you source that? Do you get Do we need, yeah, I need a source and I need a, I need a follow-up. Zach Carter says the dynamic deal is back. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Uh, all right. So, look, the thing about like, nothing imminent, I just want to remind people, that's what Mike Silver said about the George Kittle extension in 2019. Yep. He said inch, it was inchworm, inchworm yep. emoji. And the next day I was like, no, it's happening tomorrow. And remember, George Kittle might opt out because of COVID, so he didn't have to, you know, whatever. I can say what I want about Mike Silver. He blocked me. That's fine. I don't care, man. Like, that dude, like, after after I called him out because it was a bunch of nonsense what he said about Trey Lance's arm, he blocked me. But, yeah, you know, well, it's nothing's imminent with that, and George Kittle might opt out because of COVID. George Kittle plays football. He would never opt out. Like, I don't understand why you think you're close to that. Mike Silver. He took a Mike shot Silver, at me. Man. I wasn't even I, – I, You didn't I even do nothing. I wasn't even disputing the arm fatigue thing because Matt Mayoko reported the same thing. I wasn't yeah. – he just said that – he literally said there are days where uh, when Trey Lance throws a lot, the next day he can't throw. When that, that is happen, no one else. No one else reported that. And I was, right. I, I, I'm at the facility. I, I must have missed that. So I thought that was a fair follow-up. Like, when did this ever happen? That's what I said, too, is, like, I quote-tweeted him and I just said, he's literally thrown all offseason and was at every OTA practice. What on earth are you talking about? Like there was never yeah. a day that they gave him off. Like just pull the dance and, and tell us exactly what you're talking about. I mean, just be, be transparent. Look real quick too, about that Dancilio stuff. None of that stuff is true at all. Like Don, you <laughs> came right out. It was like, no, 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 absolutely not. I want to give him credit. He got, he was the first person to say that Jimmy started throwing weeks before. He, I did. Feeling he heard one thing and turned it into seven. Oh Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? He heard that one guy, piece of news and just extrapolated from there. But that he got guy, that one thing right. That guy is over the top extra. But, like, yeah, he got that one thing right about the throwing because he did. He was the first one to report that. Mm -hmm. But then the whole, like, yeah, Brady, and he wants him to yeah. be his backup. And it's just like, dude, what on earth were you talking about? Like, no, And then it's so crazy because I know Don Yee. Don Yee comes out. None of that is true. None of it is true. <laughs> Amazing. Because when he was saying it, I was like, you know Don Yee is going to be kind of makes 48 sense. hours. I mean, it's a matter of time. It's like, it, just wait till Monday. Okay. Uh, I'm a big Josh Rosen fan, as everyone knows. Uh, I think I'm more passionate about his career than he is. And that's 
that's the truth. Um, he's really gifted though, and he's still pretty young, but man, he can't move or read a defense or get his career out of the out of the gutter. But he's back, he's got another chance. He's in Cleveland, and it seems like this. I mean, if it wasn't Mary Kay Cabot saying the Browns aren't interested, I think this is the Browns saying they're not interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. This seems like the end. Yeah, this is like the practice squad quarterback that you're going to keep on the roster because it'll be Brissett and I forget who's the other guy that they have. There Dobbs, like Joshua Dobbs. Dobbs, so Josh Dobbs. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, look, I was never sold on the Browns doing this. All the whispers about Deshaun Watson have been, oh, man. Is that about, that's a shot at uh, Mac Jones too, right? Because that's what he said. His footwork is amazing because he's a tennis player. Um, yeah. The thing is, is, Cleveland never seemed like a destination. And everything that we're hearing right now from Watson is eight to 10 games. And that's going to probably be knocked down after an appeal. If that's the case, you roll Brissett. That's it. That was the plan for them to, for the beginning, from the mm -hmm. beginning. Mm -hmm. Even if you bring Jimmy Garoppolo in on a reworked deal, $10, 15000000 million, you are burning cash for no reason because you're paying Baker Mayfield $10 million to play in Carolina. Yeah. This was never a destination. The only way it would have been is if Deshaun Watson was on an indefinite suspension, meaning at least a year, and then you can try and reapply the old Josh Gordon stuff. We'll figure out maybe if we want to, and then you can decide from there. But from all intents and purposes and everything that everybody's saying, and this is coming from different directions. It's not just Cleveland people. It's people from here. So when they're all starting to say the same thing, and then the National Football League Players Association is like, we're going to sue you for uh, if you give them a whole year. This Watson thing, they're going to give him time served, which is the most bogus, ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. It's not time served when you are have a trade request out there and you're pay, you're getting paid every single dollar, by the way, whatever that is. So we have to pay a hefty fine, 8 to 10 games. You roll a percent, Browns are out. Done. Yeah, and what's interesting is Mary Kay Cabot even said, like, basically she said under no circumstances are the Browns interested, even if Deshaun Watt. That's interesting to me. So – People float the Browns out, and the Browns are like, don't look at us. Then Cilio throws the Bucks out. And the first re refutation was, I forget who wrote who wrote it, but he said, talk to an anonymous scout on the Bucks. Oh, he it's was like, like the, one of their beat writers that was he like, was like Wait no a second. if Jimmy could throw a deep ball, he'd have two rings by now. So to me, what I'm hearing is that people don't say it because it's like not nice and it's off the record, but the league is down on Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't think the media quite understands it, just how right. down the league is. Well, so, yeah, if you, if you look at the national media today, they're like, they're all in on Trey Lance. Well, welcome to the conversation, national <laughs> media. Like, thank you. Like, it, it took you long enough to get here. It, and it's yeah. funny. Oh, you're just Twitter guys. You have no idea what you're talking about. No, we follow the team. We listen to what the coach says. We see how they move. They traded three first round picks. What took you guys so long? With the Browns, it's just, look, it would have to be something where Watson wasn't going to be there for a long time. But again, man. You can rework the money, but they're, they're still – so here's the way that I really knew. I believe it's – um I want to get it right. Steve Weish, not Sam Weish. Sam Weish was the coach for the Bengals. Right, Weish. Steve Weish. Right. Steve Weish put out a tweet that I felt like was the final nail in the coffin before this Josh Rosen thing. The Browns, even if for the year, because his, his base salary is only a million dollars, if he was out for the year, they're still paying Deshaun Watson because they turned it into bonuses. That doesn't count against the cap. Doesn't count against the cap. Okay, it's still but, it's, still but it's still money out. It's yeah. still money out. Ten yeah. million dollars to Baker Mayfield to play over there. You're paying Jacoby Brissett ten more million dollars for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, look, the Browns are dumb. Yeah, for <laughs> trading for Deshaun Watson and giving him a guaranteed contract, not knowing what was going on. 
Yeah. But they're not that dumb. And yeah. again, look, and I hate I, people hate when I say this, but I'm going to keep reiterating it. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Jacoby Brissett, but Jimmy Garoppolo is not 15, 17 million dollars better than Joe, Jacoby Brissett. No. Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is how you know there's not a game changer here. If Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback, they'd run the ball 40 times, play defense, and try to make him limit his throws. If Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback for Cleveland, they would throw the ball 40 times and limit his throws and play defense. What would Jimmy Garoppolo offer them that Jacoby Brissett couldn't? Okay, he could make an extra throw or two. But the idea is to not let either of them make throws and have them make throws. That's the thing. It's like, look, he's better than Jacoby, but he's not that much better for that much money. And no. and people don't like when I say that he is better. And if you Kobe. can't win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, then what's the damn point? Like we're, right. that extra whatever. What is that getting you? What are you paying right. for? And, right. It'll you you might win one more game yeah. with Jimmy Garoppolo. And also the AFC is stacked. Yes. Their own division is stacked. People forget Lamar Jackson still plays football. Pittsburgh's really good. The AFC West is stacked. Cleveland isn't necessarily ready to do anything until Deshaun Watson shows up, even with Brissett or Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's the thing. It's like the Browns never really felt like an option when you go through all of these thoughts. Timothy Diamond Production says, how can I get on the show? I feel like once we get Jimmy G out, uh, we will be able to sign Debo. Trey will be great. Uh, every weekend I do the cone phone. It's easy. You just uh, There's a little link. You call in and you'll, and you'll be the star. Timothy cone Diamond phone, cone phone coast to coast, maybe one day we take a bunch of callers, people I roast mean, us both. Good yeah. idea. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So we were just talking about this a little bit, but now that Cleveland looks like they're not in the running at all for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, where, what do you think ultimately happens? I know I feel like I ask you this question every week, but I think it's becoming a little bit more clear. What mm-hmm. do you think? Well, Cam Marino, which I thought it was a parody account. Cam Marino rhymes with Dan Marino. I was like, Cam Marino. I was like, what is this? He says five teams are, are calling. Five teams have called. The Lions, the Falcons, uh, the Seahawks, the uh, goodness gracious, I forget the five, right? Um, okay. I've got to find it. But but I don't believe that any of those teams will have to make a move for him, right? Because I think that the league is playing chicken with the 49ers as well. Yeah. Like, just wait, right? And I don't think the 49ers want to cut Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo will ask to be cut. Okay. And here's why. You're Jimmy Garoppolo. You've been they, they've been trying to replace you for three years with either official reports or whispers, whether it's, you know, again, Stafford, Brady, whoever, blah, 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 blah. You know, you've heard all that. Then they go and they draft your replacement. You go to a Super Bowl, you go to an NFC championship game. And now they tell you, we need you to hold a clipboard. Why? 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 Why would I, Jimmy Garoppolo, me, do that for you? Here's why. One thing that a lot of people, th- you know, c- they confuse with our, our criticisms of Jimmy Garoppolo, they forget Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter in this league. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, a lot of quarterbacks in this league, right? He's not a top-tier quarterback. He's not a bottom-tier quarterback. He's in the middle. He's in the middle. So the, the biggest thing is he's not as good as the people who portray him as this guy, and he's nowhere near as bad as the people who don't like him. But he's still a starter. And if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I've given your team the only success you have you have had since 2012. I've been on those teams. And now you want me to sit back and hold a clipboard? The problem is, is that the 49ers should make this move when he's ready and the physical is done. Because the problem is Jimmy Garoppolo could sit there and say, hey, 
I'll rework my contract. I'll be quiet. I'll hold the clipboard. Let's just say that's the perfect world. But the media, the fans, if Trey Lance struggles after a quarter, if Trey, if Trey Lance has a one or two games where he doesn't look so good, the, the noise around Trey Lance becomes louder, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the reason you have to make this move. It's not even about salary cap anymore. It really isn't. It's really not about that because they're not going to spend the money regardless, even if they have that $24 million. They just don't do that. It's about you turning this thing over to Trey, and if Trey Lance struggles in a game or two, no one's going to be yelling for Nate Sudfeld. They're going to start yelling for Jimmy Garoppolo because of the success that he's had. And you have to do right by this kid and just cut the cord, man. He deserves better, and you have to turn this over to Trey. Jimmy should start somewhere, but that's going to be next year. He's auditioning for his next team, but he shouldn't be here. They should make the move, but and I wouldn't be shocked if he asked for, to be cut. I mean, what you just laid out is what should happen, but I'm more cynical. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he might ask for a release, but the Niners seem like they really want that third-round comp pick, and they're willing to spend $27 million to have a backup to get that third-round comp pick. They also feel like, you know, maybe – I think they also feel like if if no team is desperate now, team could be desperate week two, week four, week six. The trade deadline's midseason. Quarterbacks get hurt. Let's not just give up on this. Um, I also think they feel that maybe what they could do – is instead of keeping him as a, as a $27 million backup, they could keep him through camp, have him be, you know, not practicing, but right, right at the final cutdown day. So he misses every every preseason game, every every team's camp, cut him at the very end so that no team has a starting job available and be like, look, you know, we, we, we let you look for a trade. You couldn't find one. You're not a starter, at least this year. You, you're rehabbing. You're just not going to be a starter this year. So we're cutting you. And we would love to re-sign you as our backup. We can't give you $27 million to be our backup, but we will definitely outbid any team. You name any any offer, we'll outbid it by a million dollars. We want you here. We want you as our backup because we don't have a freaking – because Nate Sudfeld is not a backup quarterback. I mean, they could do that. And then Jimmy could be like, screw you. I'm, I'm going somewhere else for less money. But, again, at that point, there may not be a starting job available for Jimmy if he gets there cut. Isn't right there isn't right now. There I'm isn't saying. right now. There so isn't the, right he, now. The did and uh look here's here's the best contract you're going to get in 2022 from us the best contract you're going to i'm not saying that's the right thing to do because everything you laid out about the noise i agree with but i think they're a little delusional and i think they think they can control that stuff when they can't that's what scares me the most is that the 49ers have shown this big-headed like i don't care what you guys say like kyle is like that Remember, you know, uh, I, I know what I'm going to I know what I'm going to do. I just don't feel like telling you like that attitude. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what you're seeing out there yeah. in a way. That's good. In a way, stop trying to prove something to people. You know, like it's just I feel a little bit bad for Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's just say yeah. I just do. I feel a little bad for him, man. He is. He's been cast aside. And but he's much better than people give him credit for. I still think he's a starter in this league. That's why everybody says he's the best backup. You know why he's the best backup? Because he's a starter. Look, he's better than Daniel Jones. I mean, how many backup quarterbacks have a win-loss record like that? Right. He's better than Daniel Jones. But if you're the Giants, if you're the Giants, you have Brian Dabble. A lot of Josh Allen's credit is thrown at Brian Dabble, which I think is overblown. You don't, you're not tied to Daniel Jones for one more year. Why not just play this year out? You'll probably get a high draft pick with Daniel Jones starting, and then you can really jump. Brian Dabble has a free year this year, a free mm-hmm. year with the Giants, a free year where no expectations, nothing like that. Daniel Jones is starting. Don't care, whatever. Why bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and have him win a game or two? And then when you trade for him, because you're so up against the cap, 
You've got to tie yourself to him for another year. Yeah. Like, it's just there, there are no places for him to go at this point. And you know what? If I'm the 49ers and Seattle calls, I trade him there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. If Seattle really called, you trade him there. Because here's why. One, it's not crazy to trade in the division. Bill Belichick traded Drew Bledsoe to the Buffalo Bills. Donovan McNabb was traded from Philadelphia to Washington. Here's the inside job that Jimmy Garoppolo could do for the 49ers to keep the Seattle Seahawks bad. If Drew Locke and Geno Smith start, they're going to get a top flight pick and get a chance to get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Right. If Jimmy Garoppolo goes there, they win six games and they're right there in the middle and they can't get on, one of those on. good guys. You, you know, like the, the only way any team is trading for Jimmy Garoppolo is if the Niners pick up damn near every cent of his of his. And why would you do that? Contract. And why would you I mean, do I, that? The only way you can justify it is like, look, we're prepared to keep him on the roster at 27 million just to get that third round comp pick. So let's see if we could give 27, you know, 27 million dollars to a team and see if they'll give us a second round pick. But still, that's a lot of money for a second round pick. I just roll. Roll over the money and use the cap space next year. I don't know. It's just again, it's like where where's the destination? Cleveland's out. You know the Saints yeah. are gonna roll with Jameis and Andy Dalton. Like where where is it? Like where does it? Especially like, like who wants Jimmy coming off an injury and he can't be in your OTAs or mini camp or training camp? Like you can't get him prepared. So is he even gonna be able to start week one? What are you really getting? To me, again, I feel like he, even though he may be a starting quarterback in this league, he might be the twentieth best or the twenty fifth best quarterback. Whatever he is, he's thirty. The book is out on him, and people feel you can't win a Super Bowl with them. So to me, that's he's always going to be behind a young guy with potential. He's let a backup you, now. L- let me ask you this, Grant. Yeah. Also, don't you think the league thinks, man, he was with one of the best play designers and callers in the league. We don't have that. Yes. The Giants don't have that in their building. Seattle doesn't have that in their building. How much of his success is due to the fact that Kyle Shanahan draws up wide open throws for him and the and the way that that all not everybody has that. Here's what's funny. Someone asked me a great question and they said, where do you think that Jimmy will put up similar stats to what he did with the 49ers? And I could only really come up with like two or three names. Here they are. Andy Reid, Sean McVay, and like maybe Matt LaFleur. Funny how all three of those guys are some of the best offensive minds in the game. Real he, quick, he, the report today is that the Falcons are interested. The Falcons. Interested. They have a, I mean, their guy. That makes sense. Uh, that makes what's sense. his name? What's his um, name? Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace. He So Ryan Pace is in their front office. Arthur he, Smith also. That's the same. Arthur Smith. It's the, Arthur it's Smith the same runs, type yeah. of. Yeah. He runs an offshoot of Shanahan's, um, yeah. of Shanahan's um, offense. He does. But Art, um, Ryan Pace was big on Jimmy Garoppolo coming out of Eastern Illinois. Him and Sean Payton were. So there, mm. that one, I can actually, I didn't see it before until I, I started thinking about it. Ryan Pace really, really likes him. The other one that was weird was Houston. Houston's in it. But when you think about it, Casario, Casario drafted him. You know, they like their quarterback coach. But for me, you might as well just see what you have with Davis Mills. I would rather see what I have with Davis Mills than what you know about Jimmy. No, but again, if he's if he's a free agent, Jimmy, and you're getting him for $6 million, he's very attractive at that yeah, point. A lot of teams would be in on that. That's why the Niners probably can't can't cut him until like the very end, if they do. Because I'm, they're nervous about this. They're nervous about Trey. They're nervous about Jimmy Garoppolo actually proving them wrong. I still think that the only way Jimmy's going to get his career back on track as he does is he has to. he's going to have to do what Tannehill did. Go be someone's backup. Wait for that guy to win fail. the job. And then just take the job. I mean, when you get your opportunity, show that everyone was wrong about you. I mean, you're at that that you're at that stage in your career. Sorry. Let's put let's put the dots together. Where did Tannehill go and whose job did he take? He <laughs> he went to Tennessee under Arthur Smith and took Mar, uh, Marcus Mariota's job. 
So Falcons, Arthur Smith, Marcus Mariota. Whoa. I just like I, I know they got Desmond Ritter, but Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, at Jimmy Garoppolo at this point of his career, he's a bridge quarterback. He's going to be this the rest of his time. He's going to be the guy that has to start a year while the guy gets developed behind him. Man, you're really blowing my mind now. Now we're really putting it together. So again, what the Niners can decide is they can just cut Jimmy and take the cap space and roll it over next year. Although something that was something they could have done months ago. Or they could just say, look, Atlanta, we'll, we'll pay for Jimmy to play for you this year. We want a really nice pick. We're going to pay for a good pick. Let's, I mean, it's an option. It's an option. It's an that, option. One start, that one's starting to kind of feel like, now yeah. that I'm really thinking about it, like maybe that's the spot. Because they can't be is- serious about Marcus Mariota, right? I mean, he, you, say, right. You, think, you think Jimmy's injury prone. Like Marcus Jimmy's better than Marcus, too. Of, Marcus might not make it out of week one. Jimmy's better than him, too. Like, I don't want to hear that either. Like, he's better than him. Well, Marcus can move a little bit, and he does have a quick release. But, again, Marcus is made of glass. Glass. I'm sorry. I mean, he's been that way since college. Can't stay healthy. I'm sorry, Marcus. And and another thing is, is, like, how much time are they giving Arthur Smith with Ritter? Again, you could draft the quarterback, but if the team feels like, dude, you've been here two, three years, and all we've done is lose 12 games every year. Do you think they care about you developing the guy? So maybe he's under pressure. He wants to win a few games. You know, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out there and they they win six games, seven games in Atlanta, that, that might be long enough to keep Arthur Smith around for a little while, like just based off that. So that part I can kind of see. Maybe Atlanta. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Atlanta. Atlanta. All right. Eh, I'm going to start it. I'm gonna go at, let me go at the Falcons and tell them and be like, hey, man, he's a winner. He's going to bring a lot to your locker room, man. Just do it. I mean, he's not that much worse than – Old Matt Ryan, I mean, what is your deal with Matt Ryan, dude? Like I thought Matt Ryan was here five years ago, but at this point, he's he means well. He just can't quite do anything quick enough. I don't know. I just feel like last year, he's a stack waiting to happen. He's not last year. It. No, last year I feel like they were terrible, but yeah. I think that I think that he's got something in the tank. And and if he can't do it in Indy, then you're absolutely right. It's my dad who hates Matt Ryan. My dad was real close to Bill Walsh, and so he can't. He channels Bill Walsh, and mm-hmm. Bill Walsh used to talk about quarterbacks who are moving platforms. And I don't know, maybe Bill Walsh would have loved Matt Ryan, but my dad thinks Bill Walsh would have hated Matt Ryan. And anytime we talk about him, he's like, "Oh God, I can't stand." I was like, "Why? <laughs> what did Matt Ryan do?" Matt, yeah, that's, that's what I want to ask. Like yeah. Matt Ryan's like a likable guy, man. Like, and look, and when he was paired with when he's paired with Kyle Shanahan, he wins an MVP, man. You know, so there you go. Uh, look, yeah. another quarterback who got the most out of himself under Kyle Shanahan, no doubt. All right, let's do some NFL news. Deshaun Watson's suspension is supposed to come down soon. This whole process is very interesting to me. It's league politics stuff. And it sounds like what's happening is people are expecting the league to sort of settle on some type of six, eight game compromise because if they go for the full Monty and try to push for 17 games, the league, the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson will sue the league. And it's like, well, you know, oh, he's a victim all of a sudden. Well, the league really set this up by not punishing any of the owners who were investigation. There's like five or six of them. None of them have gotten punished for anything. And now you're going to punish someone who had a case thrown out by a grand jury and has settled all the issues uh, civilly that were brought up. So it seems like almost overkill on one side compared to the nothing you've done over here. They've put themselves in a bad position. It seems like they're compromised. And maybe that's why they might compromise with Watson. I'm not going to comment on what's going on and what happened with the alleged alleged victims. I will say this. I will say this. It doesn't look good. 
None of that stuff looks good about what's no. being said. None of it looks good. Um, but like Daniel Snyder's in a, like none of the stuff that he's under investigation looks good, right? I mean, well, there are other but, owners that are in bad spots. Yeah. But notice how Daniel Snyder has had this reputation and Washington has run that team that way for so long. You know when all this stuff started popping up? When he get, they found out that he wasn't sharing all the revenue with the other owners, and they were like, "Oh, we can't have that." I mean, he can he can sexually harass women, he can take naked pictures of cheerleaders and pass those around, but you're not spending every dollar with us, and that leads now it's to time to bring these issues to light. Now, now we've yeah. got to we've got to bring him to justice. Now, yeah. let me bring it to Deshaun Watson. The NFL owners want this to be the heaviest suspension yeah. possible. You know yeah. why? They hate what the Browns did with yes. that guaranteed contract for Deshaun yes. Watson. And we're going to talk about that next with Kyler Murray because he did not get that. Right. The yes. owners are hoping that is the biggest punishment that the Cleveland Browns get all this egg on their face because of that. The precedent that they've set with Deshaun Watson is bad because now other people can come to the table eventually and say, well, he got a fully guaranteed contract. Notice why Kirk Cousins has gotten a fully guaranteed contract in the last four years, though, by the way. Keep sleeping on Kirk. That man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that's the owner's portion of it. When it comes to the suspension here, the NFL is in a bind, right? Because the conduct policy, they're a private organization. So when people mm. bring up criminal or nothing in court, doesn't matter. They're a private company. You know, what I know my wife's in HR. My wife's in HR. Private company trumps whatever it is that you think. Their conduct policy yes. is and all be all. You work yes. for them, we decide, and yes. we get to decide. So let me give you an example. Ezekiel Elliott got four games. He didn't see a day in court. Um, Kareem Hunt was never sentenced to any jail time, but there's a video, and he got suspended for a year. Deshaun Watson, they can do whatever they want, but I do agree with you. They are getting to a point where it's just going to be one of these suspensions that's like four to six, six to eight games. You mentioned the personal conduct policy. From what I understand, in that personal conduct policy with the NFL, they say that they hold the owners to a higher standard than the players. So, okay, like you got Robert Kraft in a very similar situation, not a repeat offender. You got Daniel Snyder in a very similar set, uh, situation. You got uh, Stephen Ross under investigation for his hiring practices. You got uh, freaking the dude in Dallas. I mean, none of these guys have been. And it's because Roger Goodell works for them. What's he, he going to do? What's he, he going to do? He so does. they pay, they pay they us out. created this situation, and now I think whether it's right or wrong, Watson has leverage. And that's the weird part about this situation. It feels like it's no win because it feels like no suspension will be enough. Agree. And whatever suspension they give is not going to be enough. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, imagine how like women all over the country yes. and the world will feel when it's only yes. six games. Like that's going right. to be a very bad month for the NFL. And I ask people are going to be right for feeling that way. I ask this question all the time, Grant. How are women fans of this sport with the way that they're treated and, and, and disrespected over and over? It's wild to me, man. It's wild to me that women stick around and yeah. actually like this sport still. Yeah. Anyway, regardless of all that, with Deshaun Watson... See, I, see, I can see the NFL wanting to give out the full 17-game suspensions for that reason right there. But again, they know that Watson's got an argument, and they know that they created this. It's their fault. Yep. So they'll here's they're gonna do under the guise of time served. He missed an entire year last year. He'll probably have he'll to pay, pay back the money that he got. He's gonna pay some of the money back to Houston. He'll pay yeah. a fine, six to eight, uh, six to eight games, and that's it, man. And everybody will be outraged for about a week or two, and then they'll forget. Like Big Ben was allowed to just continue playing, and there's only whispers of what he did. Like they people are gonna forget, and then and pe the people in Cleveland are gonna forget. As soon as Deshaun Watson throws for four touchdowns and beats the Steelers and, and they make the playoffs, like, 
again, all this stuff just I have a tough time understanding how women are fans of this sport still, especially with just the track record overall. Yeah. Sean says the Browns can afford to trade for Jimmy G if Deshaun Watson is willing to let them massage his contract. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. That was really well-timed. It was very well-paced. What I like the it. hell, man? Okay, more news from around the uh, the league. Kyler Murray signed a huge extension, five years, $230 million, sort of like Deshaun Watson, except not all of it was guaranteed. Some of it was guaranteed. A lot of it was guaranteed. Uh, that's, I guess, what I'm sort of – my takeaways. is so how, how these quarterback – contracts are evolving also i think you know kyler you could argue is worth it i mean to me he's every bit as talented as deshaun watson he's a couple years younger i mean i don't know if he's ever going to put together the type of seasons that deshaun did but i think he could i think he could i mean we'll see we shall see uh i think you can justify the contract but what do you, what's your what's your takeaway from it you can absolutely justify the contract because the only reason that the cardinals ever win games is because of Kyler murray let's just I put think that he's out really really good let's just do. put that out there i don't think his let's coach gives him any favors either it's more like hey no, Kyler, he, does run around, please. Yeah. he doesn't hey Kyler, yeah. uh here's the play call it's a terrible call and he made something out of nothing yeah um, pretty much it's also pretty crazy that he it's 42 and a half per or something like that or 46 and a half per yeah um and still second in the league aaron Rodgers makes 50 m's a year yeah wow um wow <laughs> Here's the thing. It's pretty funny. Kyler Murray got a, an extension after he removed all his stuff off of IG. Man, yeah. that could happen. Holy oh wow. God. Oh wow. I guess oh. I guess he didn't ruin his reputation. Seems yeah. so. Yeah. What a bad guy, man. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean. I just had to throw it out there just because there was a lot of like overblown like you know outrage over that stuff. Um, he's absolutely worth it. What I want to point out, you know, we make a lot of fun of Cliff Kingsbury for being bad later in the season in the NFL. I want to point something else out. In college, with Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield was his quarterback. The same exact months are the same exact months that Cliff Kingsbury falls off a cliff. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Cliff Kingsbury yeah. off a cliff? You like that? That's boss. <laughs> here's the thing. is Here's why Kyler's worth every single dollar of this. Because the only reason that they have a chance to fall off is because of Kyler Murray. If Josh Rosen was their quarterback, they would be sorry, uh, Grant, not to disrespect. Two and fourteen. They we he, he they proved that. Right. They already right. proved that one. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Yeah. So he is worth it. He is. He's a thorn in the in the 49ers side whenever he plays them because he runs around like a kid who just stole something, or you tell it like come right back. He's really good. I'll give him that, man. But I yeah, it really shows how the league is changing financially. Like when we were kids. It was all about, you know, not spending big and being frugal and having sort of like a middle class of players. Like now it's a spenders league. The the cap is like exploding. People don't even acknowledge it anymore. And if you really want to compete, you got to be rich. You know, you got to be. It really does. It's a, a, a being a super rich owner is a competitive advantage again, like for the first time in 30 years in the NFL. And I think that's why owners are pissed at the Browns because Haslam is super duper rich. And he flexed that money. He was like, I, you know, because there's that, they call it the uh, the funding rule. If you give out guaranteed money, you have to literally put it all in an escrow account. So they're going to put 200 and whatever million dollars in an escrow account in Cleveland for Deshaun, and they can afford that. I don't think the Bidwells can afford that. And so they did the best they could. A lot of owners probably can't or don't want to. And I wonder where the Yorks fall on that one, because they've never given out more than about 40 million guaranteed. So there's a new landscape financially in the NFL. And if you're not willing to empty those pockets and move aside. Yeah. And, you know, this is the way of the league. You sign a contract, you got the biggest one in the league. 
I'll sign a contract. I got the biggest one in the league and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. And that's what's going to happen as you go forward. You know, for a while, Jimmy Garoppolo had the most that any quarterbacks ever made. That was completely blown out the next contract going forward and everything as well. It's just the way of the league. Also, just to get back to the uh, the Instagram stuff. He scrubbed all of his Instagram, all of all of that, and he got what he wanted. Yeah. It's a negotiation tactic, yeah. guys. You may yeah. not like the way they're doing it, but it's no disrespect to you. Yeah. It's so they can get paid and make them worry more than anything. So, you know, I, I just want – I think that that's the story. That's the moral of the story here is Kyler sweeps all this away, and then, oh, well, he's out. Nah, you're just putting them under the pressure to make sure that they do it. Let's let's spin this forward to the Niners, though. So the Niners have a young, gifted quarterback as well, and he's under uh, he's under contract for a while. But Kyler Murray, all right, three years in the league, a record of 22-23-1. A quarterback rating of 93.9. Uh, we got 70 touchdown passes, 34 picks, $230 million. You know what I'm saying? 0-1 like, in the playoffs. 0-1 in the playoffs. Like he, 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 he showed some flashes, and I think he's really, really talented. But it's not like his resume is just ironclad. So I, if Trey Lance does the same, right? He didn't even play his rookie. If he has two years where he shows some flashes, maybe he's a pro bowler. Do you understand how much money the Niners are going to have to cough up for him? I mean, that's the market right now. Thank God the salary cap is exploding. But I would ask you this. Arizona's backed into a corner, too. Because if you don't sign Kyler Murray and you let him walk, someone else will. Wait, wait, what are you going to do? Well, what What I would do, what what you could do is trade a guy like Kyler Murray for the number one pick. But you couldn't do that this year. You couldn't do that. Maybe you could have done it last year or next year but that's why the Niners that's why the Niners traded up to three because they a lot of people felt there were five guys that were going to be franchise changers and they wanted to get zero this year unless you like zero zero this year unless Malik unless Malik balls out which I hope he does he got disrespected by being in the third about Kenny Pickett and his gloves Christ man Christ man (laughs) no you know what Pittsburgh did Pittsburgh said we're not making the same mistake we let Dan Marino get away he went to Pittsburgh we're never going to let another Pittsburgh quarterback get away from us Ricardo Viramontes says, what's up, guys? I was watching a highlight tape of Trey, and wow, his swiftness in the pocket is almost unmatched, and Kyle's PB will make it easy for Trey. Yeah, well put. His swiftness in the pocket is one of the things that popped out immediately to me. He's very hard to sack him, I thought. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, the, the thing is, is you just have to collapse the pocket on him, and this isn't even really a short joke. He can't see over. So that's when he's going to start to scramble. If you set the edge, he can't get outside because he looks to move outside. No, I'm talking Trey. I'm talking oh, Trey. Trey. He's talking oh, Trey okay. here. I mean, to me, like the, the the quickest dude in the pocket in the league, obviously, is Kyler Murray. I thought Trey was very quick, especially for a big guy. He was, and then he was too quick other times, right? So there's a there's a play, I believe, in the, I think it's the Houston game, right, where he kind mm-hmm. of looks at the at the one guy, and it's not there, and he kind of takes off, but yep. Juice is like running like by yeah, himself, yeah. and like yeah. you even see Juice throw his hands up. So look. Yeah. That's all going to come with time, though. That's all going to come with reps. That's, that's not a big Yeah, because if Jimmy Garoppolo was on the field, he would have seen Juice, and then he would have overthrown him. Overthrown him. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. better. All right, last yeah. topic. At least he threw it to the guy, the right guy. Yeah. So Steve Young went on the radio this week and talked a lot about Trey Lance. I really appreciate how invested Steve is. You know like, why. He doesn't have to be. He's, you know why. He, why? Because he was in a similar situation. It's just that the guy in front of him was the GOAT. It's true. I just, I mean, Steve doesn't have to look at himself as this Niners alumnus, but he is. And he's over here, like, coaching Trey, like, on what his mentality and stuff. And he's also judging, he's sizing Trey up. Because a lot of people are looking at Trey like, oh, this is Steve Young 2.0. Steve's like, are you? 
And to me, I think Steve is on the fence about it. I think Steve's very, because Steve to me is a top 10 quarterback of all time. That's a lofty comparison. So Steve's like, are you really going to be a top 10? I don't know. What he says is, first of all, the way he talks about Trey Lance reminds me of the way we all talked about a former Niners quarterback. And I'm wondering if you know what I'm talking about. This is what Steve says about him. Tell me if you've ever heard another quarterback described this way. He used to be on the Niners. Really smart. Really earnest. A people pleaser. Attention to detail off the charts. A perfectionist. Almost to a fault. Alex Smith? Alex Smith. Alex Smith. And to me, like, Alex Smith was a damn good quarterback who got put in a bad situation. Trey's in a good situation. And Trey's bigger, faster, stronger than Alex Smith. But the way Steve talks about Trey is the way we all used to talk about Alex Smith. And to me, that's interesting because, again, Alex Smith was a Pro Bowl quarterback, but not a Hall of Famer. And if Trey Lance ends up being Alex Smith, it'd be a disappointment. So what do you think of that comparison? And and do you think that's sort of like the floor for Trey Lance? Well, it better be the floor. Um, I mean, the floor should be what they got out of Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of executing the offense. That's what it should be. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably a little bit better version of Alex Smith in terms of what he can do on the field. Maybe not the attention to detail. Like the one thing that Jimmy does that Alex Smith will never do is Jimmy will force passes. Alex Smith sometimes would turn down passes and he wouldn't turn the ball over, but it would end in a three and out. Jimmy's hardly a perfectionist. I'm going to put it that way. For sure. For yeah. sure. What Who's I mean by that is the pick and smiling on this, like, hey, we got to do better. <laughs> what I mean is like game manager, yes. short throws, things like that. Like Alex Smith would be gun shy sometimes during That's the true. games. Like, and, and that would be and 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 a little bit of that is perfectionist to a fault. Yep. Here's the thing that I'm gonna say. I'm gonna I'm gonna correlate this. I think Steve Young sees so much of his situation in Trey, and he wants to help him work through that. Now, obviously, let me slow this down so everybody doesn't say that I'm correlating. The situations because they're obviously different for many reasons. One, Joe Montana was the greatest quarterback of all time when he was playing. Jimmy Garoppolo is not that. Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy who won regular season football games, won a few playoff games, never won a Super Bowl. But Trey was the guy that was brought in. Bill Walsh said Steve Young's the future. And that was there, right? Joe Montana goes down in 91, 92. That's why Steve Young has to play. Like, they didn't just force him over. This is the part that's a little bit lost when people make this comparison. Joe Montana was injured in 91-92. you got to play Steve Young. Guess what Steve Young did when he played? He balled out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then when Montana's ready to go is when you say, we have to move on from you because if we keep you and you're the backup, mm-hmm. the noise will get too loud around Steve Young. Yeah. Trey Lance and Steve Young are in that situation the same yes. way where you have to move the guy that was in front of him first to keep the noise away from him. Now, the guy in front of Trey Lance is Jimmy Garoppolo. The guy in front of Steve Young was literally the most beloved quarterback in the history of the team. But I think that Steve Young wants this kid to succeed so badly because of the shit that he went through when he was trying to get there and all the things he heard and how many people said, you can't replace him with this guy. He's not going to play well. He's not going to be good. And they play similar style in terms of like running, running quarterback. They had Let's come back to the comparison of Jimmy and Alex, because to me, they're similar in the sense that they're both essentially game managers. When they got to their prime, they really, you you can't throw the ball 40. They're game managers. But with Alex, he also figured out like, I can't turn the ball over and he wouldn't. And he also could move a little bit. And I'll take a game manager who's a little cautious, a perfectionist, who doesn't turn the ball over and can move 
over Jimmy. Because Jimmy, he thinks he's Brett Favre. And the, the game manager who thinks he's Brett Favre kills me. Like, you can't trust him not to throw the pick. Jimmy, stop throwing the pick to the linebacker. That, that's just me. So if Trey just can be, a, like, turn the ball over less than Jimmy, and be if he could be a cautious Alex Smith-type quarterback with a deep ball, yeah, oh, just right those, there. Like, you're a pro bowler right there. Right. Like, if you, yeah. Hit those throws that Jimmy yeah. would never look at. Right. right. Like, yeah. like those are, those are designed open, but Jimmy, all right. And then another thing is kind of fair. I want to say this about Jimmy. If the first reads open, but Kittle screaming down on the second read, you still throw to the first read. Oh, like yeah. if you see the first read, you get rid of it. Right. Like I hate, I hate when people post clips and they're like, look at this guy streaking down the field. That's not his progression. That's not his first yeah. progression. You throw to the first read, but yeah, I agree with you there. I still see a world where this year, the 49ers throw the ball less than they did last year, but they will throw the ball more downfield and hit more of those big plays because of what Lance is. So, yeah, yeah Lance is going to have to be, at least in this first year, similar in that way to Alex Smith, just with a little bit more of deep ball in terms of, man, don't force that thing in there. Don't turn the ball over. Like, don't kill the drive, like that type of thing. He can't turn it over or have as many plays that are turnover worthy, meaning just because they didn't pick the pass off from Jimmy doesn't mean it wasn't a bad throw, like it wasn't yeah. a bad decision. Those aren't always going to be that way. So, yeah, I mean, you hope that in the first year they find a way to get him in a groove where he's not putting the ball in harm's way or forcing the issue, but he's hitting those deep passes that were never hit before that are open. You know, what's so tough, tough about being a Niners quarterback, pretty much everyone realizes it, is once the fans figure out that you're not the best of the best, that you're not top five, maybe top three. You're, you're out of here. Get yeah. out. Get out. And so with Lance, like, you know, that really means you got a couple of years. You got a couple, and that's every quarterback on this team since Steve Young. That was Jeff Garcia. That was Alex 100%. Smith. Colin Kaepernick, man, Kaepernick. like once people kind of get the feeling for you and you're not. They turned on him real fast. When, you're when, out. They, were, when they were cheering, when they were cheering their ass off, when he was shredding the well, the Packers and he almost won that Super Bowl, yep. all of that went out of the window when his deficiencies started to rise up, when there was other circumstances around him. So funny how that worked out. So, Trey, I mean, give Alex Smith a call because life is easy for you right now. It's going to be hard. It's gonna. It's the life of a 49ers quarterback is as difficult as any position on any team in in professional sports. I gotta say, it, yeah. the expectations are yes. unreal. Yes, hey, you if, better be the next Steve Young, and even right. that, we some people prefer Joe. If if Trey Lance, if Trey Lance got drafted by the Jaguars, right, everybody would give him all the leash he needs. Two, three, right. but because he was drafted by this prestigious franchise yes. with literally the best quarterbacks who have ever played Trey Lance is on the clock and every quarterback, unfortunately, until the end of time will be judged similarly. Yeah. It's like being the point guard for the Lakers. It's like being the shortstop for the Yankees. Like that comparison isn't escaping anyone. So, right. Or it's like, you know, the shooting guard for uh, the Chicago Bulls yeah. or, you know, like, yeah, like pretty much. So anyway, I think what Steve's saying is I, I would never really argue with Steve. I think he's extremely perceptive and smart and uh, thoughtful. And just hearing him talk about it, it's like, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um, he never actually used Alex Smith's name. He actually compared him to Carson Wentz and Mitchell Trubisky. He said those two were guys who were too – like, their perfectionist their, – their perfectionist nature pretty much undid them. And they were paralyzed by it. And he was like, mm. that's an example of what Trey needs to not be. He was basically saying, don't be like Carson. Please and he's like, Carson's like, I'm replacing a Super Bowl winner. How do I do that? I have to be perfect. You can't be. You can't be. Yeah. Well – yeah, I got I mean, drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I have to be perfect. You can't be Mitchell. Just be yourself. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. More more quarterback wins than Deshaun Watson. 
Hey, man, I mean, the guy won in Chicago. It's no uh, easy feat. Hey, quarterback wins, uh, right? Quarterback wins. Like Listen, I, I, for the sake. A guy has no confidence left, but I still like No. Him. Hey, look, I'll tell you this. At the Combine uh, this year, I, you didn't even have to bring up his name, and people were talking about me. The, the league is super high on Mitchell Trubisky. They are, man. I don't know what it is, what he's done, but um, Jordan Elliott, my boy, uh, Jordan Elliott, Niners Nation, he talked with his uh, defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier said, you're going to have the last laugh on Mitch because I had a hell of a time trying to cover him because he was the the the, the behind he was behind Josh Allen at, at Buffalo. Same. I'm telling you, man, he was in a terrible situation. He got drafted by the worst offensive franchise in football. And they made the playoffs. Ahead of Mahomes. And they made the playoffs. And they made the playoffs. So now he's in a good franchise? Oh, the other team that was in on Jimmy, I just came to meet the Lions. Uh, so you uh, said that? The, yeah, I said them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 look. They've got hard knocks. Him and Goff can't battle the, the ultimate quarterback wins group. I right? would be so jealous of that. I want that action this offseason, man. Oh, my God. God. I wish hard knocks was that camp, dude. I oh, know. my God. Oh. No, actually, it's good that it's not because we're hard. Because then that means they're just out of the playoffs every year. <laughs> they got to watch us if they want to know what's going on with the Niners. You got to come through us. <laughs> I can't wait to get to camp, man. We're gonna Jason's going to be there, everyone. Yep. Just want y'all to know. Tuesday, Friday Wednesday. Last year. Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, they're off on Thursday, right? Friday, uh, Saturday, and then I think I'm there Monday and Tuesday. So I'm going to be out on the second. If you had a full budget to work with, what would be your ideal Niners lineup around Trey? Shit. Man. All the best um, players in the league. <laughs> you literally give Debo the bag. You get Kittle. You get Trent Williams. You get all the best offensive linemen. Um, give me Jonathan Taylor. Give me yeah. Derrick Henry to back him up. Um, yeah. <laughs> give me yeah. uh, give me uh, Patrick Mahomes to back up Lance. Let, let's just go for it all, man. Let's just go for Dude, it. All. Just give him a center and a left guard and call it a day. Are they going to get Billy Price? What's up with that? Uh, that's what they're saying. Um, that's what I mean. That's what streets is saying. Um, saying. We'll see. He was on the Bengals last year. We'll see. Um, I really think they do like Brendel, man. He's the leader in the clubhouse right now, but we're going to see. I, I have concerns, just like I have concerns with many positions on this team going forward. Um, but the one thing that's given me a little bit of confidence in Brendel is that Kyle Shanahan went out of his way to say something nice about him in public. He never says anything nice about anybody. So I that was like, true. man, I was like, and man, you know he, they he really right believes in him. Daniel Brunskill. So, I mean, they haven't shown the ability to, like, develop – stud offense alignment but they have shown the ability to like develop solid starters so that's think, what i was gonna say yeah I, I was gonna say they give value right like think yeah. about it like brunskill's not like a world beater right guard but you got him from the usfl and he starts yeah. every single game he's solid like and that's value. like isn't a top 10 pick but he's solid starting right tackle exactly right, exactly. right. here we go you're starting to come along now here we go yeah now I have to admit that like there there are way worse right tackles than Mike McGlinchey. Like the guy. hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred percent. But 49er fans either wanted Derwin James, they're upset with the ninth pick again. It's not McGlinchey's fault. Right. Frankly. So frankly. Yeah. Johnny Robinson says, Are you guys as frustrated as some of us fans when the sports talking heads talk about Lance like he has no accuracy when this is actually Jimmy G? Yeah. And what's interesting too is Steve was like, he didn't necessarily say the accuracy, he says the delivery. And he yeah. says it's a work in progress, which, yeah, I mean, that's what he worked on all offseason. That's fair. But, I mean, just having a quick release and a pretty delivery doesn't necessarily mean you're accurate. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has terrible mechanics. His footwork, yeah. he doesn't set his feet, but he's got a quick he's got a quick delivery. So, look, so I would attribute it to basketball. Reggie yeah. Miller didn't have the most beautiful shot. That shit went in, though. 
Yeah, I don't care. I don't care like what it looks like. You could have the most beautiful shot. It's like when you're playing pickup, right? It's the guy. He's got the best shot. It looks beautiful all form. It's clank. The guy's going like this and throwing it up and it's going in. I don't give a shit. Catch the ball and let somebody else catch it. Sean says, I compared Lance to Kaepernick with more football intelligence and way better work ethic. You know, Kaepernick, something that he did really well that he didn't get credit for was protect the football. I think he has the second lowest interception rate ever after Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there are differences in their athletic profile, but Kaepernick was actually was a good game manager. He actually was. 16 was. touchdowns, four interceptions in his final year when they started Jeremy Curley, the Smelter, Vance McDonald, Sean Drone. Come on, man. Quentin Patton. Quentin Patton, right? Like, Quentin yeah. Is that a, like, come God, on, that man. Like, terrible. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's just, again, look. Did Cap's deficiencies show towards the end? They did. But there is no sort of way that you're going to convince me that not only was the coaching bad, yeah. but you listen to that, you look at that roster around him, man. Like, come on, man. What was the guy supposed to do? 16 touchdowns to four interceptions, though. That sounds pretty good. He was actually pretty good. I mean, his numbers went down as he was in at SF, but the same thing is happening with Lamar Jackson right now. I think there's a little bit of the Greg Roman effect with Kaepernick, and then he went from Roman to Jeep Chris. To um, Chip Kelly, who I, I actually thought, you know, if Kyle was ambitious. Now, there was a lot of reasons to get rid of Cap in 2017 if you're trying to create a new culture in that locker room. I get it. But I think Kyle and Cap in 2017 could have won some games, man. I mean, I mean, roll with Brian Hoyer. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, like, kind of funny. They come full circle and you get a guy who's quite similar to Cap. You get your own Kaepernick. Right. Yeah. I just think Kyle was like, he didn't have a problem with what Cap was standing for. He just didn't want that in his locker room. And I get that. I get it. Uh, still, though, I think just from a purely football standpoint, it could have worked. Hell yeah. It definitely could have worked. He's smart you, enough. You run You run what you're about to run with, Lance. You're going to see a ton more pistol now, Um, a little bit more to what, like, what you saw with RG3. You run those same yeah. things. You get those defined reads for him, like the same thing you do for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't understand. He, he would have never – it would never work. What are you talking about? Like, all of those things that has been done for other quarterbacks, all those gimme throws that, like, Nick Mullins hit, that C.J. Beathard hit, Cap would have hit those. Like, don't get it twisted. Again, he, I don't think – ran, I don't think, like, the Alex Smith offense, which is very much like the Jimmy offense, and he ran the, the, the Robert Griffin offense. He really would have fit. And really I don't think – I don't think the coach had a problem with what he was standing for. He just was when he's taking over the culture, he just didn't want that in there. That's it. I think more than anything. Yeah. I think because I don't want I don't want people to start thinking that that Kyle is like, well, Kyle doesn't stand for that. It's not that. Is that you know, he he just didn't want to have that when he first came in, I believe. I, I the way I think most football coaches look at it, and they may not say it publicly, is that like, look, it's hard enough to get 53 dudes pulling one direction. And you know what I mean? Like what my job is, is to put football first and to have all 53 guys rally around a cause, which is winning. And I think some football coaches feel like, you know, politics get in the way. And no matter what the cause is, what side you're on. It's just mm-hmm. politics are divisive. They're divisive. They end up getting half the people on one side, half the people on the other side. That's the way it is. So maybe I just think that's how a football coach thinks. I could be wrong. I'm not a football coach. I'm just a sweaty blogger. I'm sweaty. I, you're not that sweaty, man. Stop I'm it. I would have loved over here. I would have loved Cap over there. Yeah, Dan Silio. That guy sweats a lot. I would have loved Cap over there, man. I think they would have they would have won many more games than they would have. And they would that would have been a nice little bridge to whoever it is that they would have. I mean, whether it be Kirk, whatever it is. I I, I let me ask you a question before we leave. Who had a better tenure 
Who's a better quarterback? Who's a better 49ers quarterback? Cap or Jimmy? Oh, shit. All right. Jimmy wins regular season games, and there was a defense around him and a good coach. Cap won regular season games with a defense and a good coach, but he absolutely dominated some playoff games, and Jimmy never did that. I'll take Cap. Thanks. I mean, the Green Bay game, right? The Green Bay game, he destroyed Aaron Rodgers. He didn't just play in the game against Aaron Rodgers and his team won, like this has happened in this divisional. Um, the Atlanta comeback in the NFC Championship, him and Frank Gore. Um, Grant, why even roll the goal? I'll switch it up. I'm sorry. I like um, the black one. But the Atlanta game, um, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo with that team was down to that Ravens team, there's no way that it even comes down to that end right there. I mean, he gave them fits at the end of that game, man. Give me cap in those big moments, man. And he was the only – he was on the doorstep of knocking Seattle out, the, the doorstep of it. And he made some plays in that game, some of the best throws I've ever seen. In the playoffs, give me cap, man, when, it's, when it mattered. I think there were there was a two-year stretch where he might have been the best athlete in the league. I mean, yeah. what he did to that Green Bay defense repeatedly was – he embarrassed defenses, kind of the way Debo did. Uh, yeah, I think people forget pre – like Kaepernick before he had anything to say. Kaepernick when he was just the football player and that's all he cared about. Dude was on another level. He – man, he just – Talk about beat, Jimmy beating beat. Aaron Rodgers. Like Kaepernick would beat Aaron beat Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Beat yeah. beat Cam in Carolina. Yeah. Um, like the those, like again, I had we were in a space and somebody says something that was that, and this is how funny it was. Um, because we were talking about Lamar Jackson, and he said, I don't care about regular season stats if you win when it's time to win. And he was caping for Jimmy. And then I'm like, then why don't we have about a ring? Cap. And and yeah. then and then I said, and then I said, well. He's like, I want an Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, talk about stats during the regular season and not winning. Why do you want Aaron Rodgers then yeah. at that point? Like, you see how stupid that dis like that distinction is? But Cap was the reason. Because remember, that defense was great during the year, but they gave up 27, 30 points in the playoffs because Justin Smith was hurt. That's true. They were, and That's and true. the secondary was giving out. So it wasn't like, you know, they gave up 10 and Cap scored 13. You know, like no. Cap had to put up. 41 to knock out the Packers like right. Aaron Rodgers. And, and they Antonio. lost at the end of the Super Bowl, but the offense scored a lot of points. And 31, 31 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this was a fun. This was a fun show. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for being here, Jason. I'm going to see you in, in person soon. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there Wednesday for the first practice. Dope. We're getting yep. to the to the to the cusp of, of something so close. So so excited. I'm going to stop because I can't talk anymore. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Goodbye.